0: Vanessa, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's a delight to have you on. And I know we have a lot to talk about today, so let's just get right into it. So Vanessa, love if you would introduce yourself to the audience. So a little bit about who you are, where you are in the world today, and anything else you'd like to share with us.
1: Sure. So I'm Vanessa, and I'm a recovering awkward person. So um, I love to study human behavior, body language, what makes people tick, and um, help other fellow recovering awkward people find confidence, find charisma in an authentic way.
0: Hmm. I love that uh, recovering awkward people. I don't actually identify with that, but maybe I'm more awkward than I think I am, or maybe I'm just delusional about no, it. No, you're, so. you're,
1: <laughs> you me. you're smooth. You're smooth. You're
0: smooth. Sales guy. I'm a I'm a, a long time sales guy now, a coach. So maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, not as awkward as others, but I feel like I'm recovering in other ways. But anyway, I know we're going to talk a lot about this topic today, and this is something you're very passionate about. So um, just briefly for the audience, how Vanessa and I know each other is I was actually fortunate enough, and I don't think I've ever shared this with you, Vanessa, but I actually found you through Creative Live uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. It was almost two years ago now, which is how I actually ended up doing um, the amazing program, People's School. And then I actually went through another offering that Science of People, which Vanessa is going to talk about, um, through the body language certification training as well. This, so we, that's how we know each other. Um,
1: oh, so, my goodness. I have yeah. to thank Live. That's wonderful.
0: Yeah, so Creative Live worked. And I, I've actually read your story about um, pitching Creative Live on why they needed to work with you. So it's, look at that. So here we are today.
1: <laughs> yeah, Small, it's amazing. Very, full
0: circle. Yeah, full circle. Very cool. So let's get into it, Vanessa. So the first question I have for you is what is something that you nerd out about?
1: Hmm. I am. The funny thing is I'm obsessed with, I think what we don't know about people. So I think we know a lot now about personality science. There's some really great research on personality and there's more and more research on communication and body language, What I'm really interested in. And what I totally nerd out on is the chemical side of our connections. I think Mm. we are at the tip of the iceberg with this. And what I mean by this is Um, for example, there are some studies that look at rats and their social behavior. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, this one just totally blew my mind. It's a little bit gross. So you'll have to bear with me as I explain But they found that there are extroverted rats and introverted rats. So extroverted rats. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. So in the lab, extroverted rats, um, they make physical contact with other rats. They wrestle more with other rats. They're more playful. (laughs) They like to be near physically near other rats. And then there are introverted rats. And they're the ones who hang out in the corner. Um, They like to be more solitary. They have less touch of the rats. And they wondered why. Was this genetic? Was it behavioral? Was it parental? Was it learned? And so they did an interesting study where they did a fecal transplant that is, in layman's terms, taking the poop of one rat and putting it in the bowels of <laughs> another.
0: <laughs> amazing.
1: We, we went there. I thought we were
0: going to go. I cannot <laughs> believe this is where we're going in the first five minutes. This is amazing.
1: Exactly. We're already there. Really I love it. It's really an for me to say poop on a podcast. Um, yeah. So they, they took poop from an extroverted rat and put it in an introverted rat. And they took poop from an introverted rat and put it in an extroverted rat. And... They actually were able to switch the personality trait. So they were able to make extroverted rats introverted and introverted rats extroverted. And behind this is that there is a very, very strong uh, microbiome connection with our personality. And we typically think of personality all in our brain, all in our Mm -hmm. head. But actually, they're thinking that our gut informs our personality, which is insane because. We've never thought any, any, we've not really thought about that. And so as I've gotten into the research, I'm really obsessed with what we don't know about personality, including the microbiome connection, including how we produce chemicals like serotonin and uh, dopamine and oxytocin, and that those connections we barely understand. There is so much more that I think we're going to discover. Yeah.
0: Wow, that is uh, that is some fascinating stuff. I, yeah, I mean, where do there, I
1: go from here?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like okay, Vanessa said poop and rats and switch switching out fecal matter. Now we're good. But <laughs> I um, no, I, I know and I've read I've read some uh, quite a few articles about like the importance of gut health. And I think I, I don't remember if it's one person, but I, I've actually read some articles where I believe they call like your gut. Your is it your second brain? Is that what they call it, or just something exactly.
1: like that? Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And that's damn! Like, what a what a fascinating thing to uncover! Like in this, like just in you know, we're here in early 2020. But like, there's this whole other part of, of us as human beings that we don't really understand. And it. it sounds like it's not just human beings. It's mam- I don't know if it's mammals or maybe all all living creatures have this thing where um, it's not all in your head. It's actually created inside of your intestine and your gut as well.
1: Super fascinating. I, um- I think what we can take from this is that you don't have to go do a fecal transplant if you're an introvert, but what we can take from this, is, <laughs> <laughs> I always like actionable, you know? Um, so what yeah. we, we can take from this <laughs> is uh, self-compassion in that if you have social anxiety or if you are awkward or if you are an introvert and have struggled with that tendency, that it's not a choice and there's a lot we don't know about it. and there might be other things at play than just, oh, get over it. Oh, I wish I could be more charismatic. Oh, I wish I could just force myself to be more social. That actually, maybe there's more going on and that allows you to be a little bit more patient and kind to yourself. Mm-hmm.
0: Very cool. I One of the cool things about hosting this podcast is I talk to a, a lot of interesting people and I learn a lot of interesting things. You might be high on the list of most interesting things I've heard in the first ten minutes of the podcast. That is Woo! really fascinating. You, you get, I'll send you the, I'll send you the blue ribbon. That's amazing. Uh, Thank well, you. thanks for sharing that. And um, if, by the way, if, if there's any articles or anything you wanted to share with the audience, I'm happy to put them in the show notes. If people are, I, I would imagine a lot of people are going to be interested in learning more about that topic. That is. Oh, uh, I'll
1: send you a whole bunch. You just yes.
0: perfect.
1: <laughs> All
0: right. So next question for you, and I'm almost. I'm like picturing you giving a speech on rats and their fecal matter, but um, I know you do a lot of public speaking. That's one of the things that you do for, um, as part of your business is you do a lot of keynote speaking to corporate and, and conferences and such. So if I was able to give you five minutes to deliver a speech and the speech was going to be heard by the entire world, what would you give your speech on and why?
1: I think that I get to cheat a little bit on this question because when I was asked to give a TED Talk, I got to kind of think about that at least for 18 minutes. Now, that was uh, three years ago now. I can't believe it. That was 2017. Wow, um, yeah. And I also got to see the impact that, that TED Talk had. So I had 18 minutes, actually 15 minutes. They tell you 15 minutes because they don't want you to go over. Mm-hmm. Um, I had 15 minutes to deliver a talk and I got to see the ripple effect of that talk. So given that, that I've learned a little bit from that experience, I would say that one idea, like the one big idea I would share, and really in that kind of talk, you really only want to share one. It would be that everyone has their own unique flavor of charisma. And Mm. the reason I would share this is because I think that most of the miscommunications in the world, most of the social anxiety, most of the self-hatred, most of the confidence issues stem from the fact that there are introverts who wish they were more extroverted and extroverts that wish they were more introverted and ambiverts that wish they were something else. (laughs) And so (laughs) what I would say is, Charisma comes in multiple flavors. Yes, there is the bubbly, outgoing life of the party extrovert that everyone seems to want to be. But there are also different kinds of charisma. When you actually ask people who is the most charismatic person you know, and then you go talk to those people, they arrange the gamut from the outgoing extrovert, right? The outgoing party animal, but also mm-hmm. the quiet, contemplative leader and the empathetic, compassionate nurturer and the witty funny storyteller, all of those people are charismatic in their own way. And the more that you honor and hone your natural tendencies, the better off you are when it actually comes to being charismatic. The worst thing you can do for charisma is try to be something you're not. I truly do not believe in fake it till you make it. It's my least favorite social phrase. And so I would say the opposite, which is find who you are and own it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's um, from a, and by the way, I was thinking as you were talking about that, I believe Barack Obama identifies as an introvert and I would say he's a very charismatic individual, regardless of what you think about the politics. He's very charismatic.
1: Exactly. Yeah. He's a great example. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was so as a, you know, with the clients that I coach. that's like overall, like I would just add to that, not even in your charisma, but just overall, like they could tell you, or like, not being yourself is generally the thing that's not going to get you what you want eventually. And eventually it's going to catch up with you and people are going to either see through it or you're going to exhaust yourself. I, like me, I'm a complete extrovert and I actually love that being a complete extrovert. Most all the time, the one time when it's not great is when there's nobody around because then I get tired easily. But, <laughs> um, and I'm like, I'm like the life of the party person you said there, but I would imagine for, um, like more introverted people to try and be like, that must just be exhausting. And not fun at all. Like I can imagine that would just not be a fun, fun way to live.
1: It's it's really draining and it's also what causes dread. Like if you have an introvert who goes goes to a, a networking event trying to be an extrovert, they're gonna dread it the entire day and there's nothing worse for your life satisfaction and happiness. And then yeah, the worst comes the, the worst of all is if you fail, it's exhausting and it feels terrible. If you yeah. succeed, it actually feels terrible. And I'll play this oh, out wow. for you. If you're an introvert and you've learned how to fake it till you make it, and so you show up to a party trying to be life of the party, and you've memorized witty anecdotes, you've memorized conversation starters, and you are nailing it, and you end the night with 20 business cards and five promises for coffee, you then now have to do it again and again. Oh yeah, and again. And those people didn't like you for you they liked you for something you're not and as someone who has tried this <laughs> and actively mm. succeeded to fail you have this horrible feeling of wow they really liked me but they don't really know me and that is oh, one man. of the most lonely feelings in the world it's worse than leaving a party with no connections
0: wow that thank you for sharing that i had never i never thought about that i do i do a lot of networking as well i'm actually the president of a networking chapter i do a lot of night networking, but also like where we get together in groups once a week. And mm-hmm. I never even thought about that though. That's like really good learning for me because we, we have a lot of guests come to our networking events mm-hmm. and I'm always like, Oh, they're going to love networking and they're getting a lot of value out of this, but maybe they're actually feeling the way that you're, that you're talking about right now.
1: I, and, and I think that right by then. the way, compassionate extroverts can save the world. Like if, if, if extroverts everywhere like you and, are hosting events and having mastermind and coaching. If you were learned what it's like on the mind of a, a socially anxious ambivert or introvert or even an anxious extrovert, that's how we heal the world because you you're the ones who can allow us to be ourselves.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like you've just placed the mantle onto me. I am I, I am hopefully I up for the hopefully up for the challenge. All right. Well, for everybody listening who is a uh, an extrovert, and I'm sure there's what is it what is it Vanessa? Is it 65 percent of the world's population or something like that? considered yeah. extroverts?
1: You know, I actually, I read something really different now. I don't, this is one study, but I read that up to 80% of people are ambiverts, which means oh. less than, so 20% is split between true introverts and true extroverts.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I Interesting. I so I'm a, I feel like I'm a 10% cause I'm, I'm a 98%. I'm a, 98, I'm a 98% E on the Myers-Briggs. Ninety-eight.
1: Yeah, out of you're, you're, I think you're definitely part of the ten percent, and I'm definitely yeah. part of the eighty <laughs> percent.
0: Yeah, uh, interesting. Super cool. So, um, just love to hear a little bit about how you what led you to today. And I don't mean today in the podcast necessarily, but you know, running a successful company, being a, a published and best-selling author, speaker. Um, yeah, just maybe like five to ten minutes on your journey to what led you to today.
1: I think um, every single time I worked on sharing my vulnerabilities, I had a win. And every single time I pretended to be something I wasn't or tried to impress people, I had a loss. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll give you a very specific example. So it was my dream in life to publish a book. And in the first iteration of my business, I was actually teaching social skills and communication to parents and teenagers. That was sort Mm -hmm. of my niche. And um, in 2011, I got offered a book deal with Penguin Random House, was thrilled beyond belief. Thought it was going to be life changing, put my heart and soul into the book. And uh, the book came out and no one read it. And I don't, at the time, I was so depressed and overwhelmed. And I felt betrayed in a certain sense of the promise of having a book deal. Mm -hmm. After a few months of sort of uh, being in bed for a while, I looked at the book and I realized, as helpful as it is, and it's very helpful. It wasn't me. It was a book that I was trying to write to sound like someone who would write an impressive book. And that's a very fine line, but um, it just didn't... I was trying to be something that I wasn't. I was trying to be this expert and write from this expert perspective. And it just did not feel authentic. And I think that that is the reason why a lot of my readers... I had a lot of readers at the time on my newsletter. They didn't read it because it didn't sound like me. It didn't sound like my blog. It didn't sound Mm -hmm. like my YouTube videos. Um, and so from that, uh, I actually ended up pivoting the entire business, to what the business is today, which is science of people, Mm -hmm. which um, was that I was going to talk about the science of people for all people, not just teens and parents. Um, and that's because it felt more authentic to write about what was actually going on for me. When I first started my first business, I was 17. So it was easy teens and parents. Yeah. Um, I started my um, first business uh, when I was a senior in high school. Um, and so it was, very, it was very authentic for me, right from a teen perspective, because I was a teenager. Well, at 22, 23, 24, it started to become really inauthentic because not only was I not a teenager, I wasn't living at home anymore. I wasn't communicating with my parents the way that I used to. And so I shifted into just general human behavior. And this is when I started to really say I'm a recovering awkward person. I'm not a, a PhD psychologist on communication. I'm just an awkward person trying to help other awkward people. That was a turning point. That's when I started to find my people, love what I do and actually start to help people. Yeah. Very
0: cool. And now you're making a difference in the world. I'm curious um, and you don't need need to give exact numbers, but how many, how many people or how many students and uh, people like myself, have you now reached and have gone through one of the, one of the things that you offer? It has to be in the thousands at this point.
1: Oh well, um, we just hit thirty million on YouTube. So wow, um, we got thirty million views on YouTube. So whether you think of that as thirty million people watching or a lot of people watch the same, you know, one person watches multiple videos. So sure, are, our videos have had thirty million views, which is mind blowing. Congratulations!
0: Yeah, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then um, in our courses, it's at least at least thirty five thousand, and that's wow. Four, yeah. That's through different platforms, uh, so Udemy, Creative Live, LinkedIn Learning, and then my own platform combined.
0: Yeah, congratulations! Um, I want to give you a I want to give you a quick um, shout out here for the audiences. Vanessa has this really amazing speech that she gave at the World Domination Summit, which I believe was in Portland. Was it in
1: Portland when you gave that speech? Yes, yes. I would love for you to link to it. By the way, it's hopefully inspiring yes. entrepreneurs.
0: Uh, it definitely inspired me, and uh, there's this. I'm not going to spoil the section, but. Any woman who watches that speech, and I've shown it to a lot of people are like, oh, that's so identifiable. You, I think you know what I'm talking about.
1: Um, <laughs> yes, there's a moment. There's a moment. <laughs> there's a
0: moment. There's a great moment. But um, Vanessa actually talks about what it's like to be an overnight success and the reality of what actually happens for almost everybody out there who does it. It's a very inspiring speech. I'll definitely link to it in the show notes because it a, it's a really cool speech. Um, and, you, and, you, and you actually share a little bit more about your journey with the first book, too,
1: mm-hmm. and then Thanks what's awesome.
0: led you to today. So, yeah. Just give you a quick pitch on that, and let you know that I'm one of those people watching too. Yay!
1: Thank. you. <laughs> one of the
0: thirty million. I'm one of thirty million. I feel very special.
1: Yay! You probably so, watch more than one video. You're probably a couple. I've,
0: of those. I've seen. I've seen a lot of the videos, mm-hmm. um, including the coursework as well. So, um, Vanessa, I'm curious. What are you most? What are you most proud of? With everything, with anything, actually anything in your life, what are you most proud of?
1: That's so hard. Um. I would say it's being able to achieve the quote-unquote work-life balance of being an entrepreneur, being a mom, and being a spouse. I think um, that was something I always wanted to do. In fact, when I set out to do my business, I always knew that I wanted to have a business that would allow me to be a mom. Um, And um, once I became a mom, so I have a 20-month-old daughter, so that's a -a year-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Uh, and she's amazing, and I was so scared that all these things would happen when I when I became a mom. Like maybe I would want to stop working, maybe I would um, be a bad mom, maybe I would lose my mojo. I mean, I had no idea what was going to happen, mm-hmm. and I think it's actually made me a better entrepreneur and a better wife. And I love being a mom, and so I, that's actually but that's actually taken some work. Like I had to really um, be mindful, be present, get mentors, read. <laughs> Um, yeah. all those things to be able to get there. And I think that every day that I'm able to manage that and manage it well, I'm proud of myself.
0: Yeah. I was just curious. That's a, that's a massive topic. And we're actually recording this uh, the third week in March when, you know, it was, it was about a week ago when things really um, took, a, took a turn with around the coronavirus and COVID. So a lot of us are now finding ourselves at home with children that either have a nanny or have like are in daycare or school. So curious if you have any advice for the parents out there, um, specifically mothers, but I think this applies to a lot of fathers as well. Is like what's the what's the thing that you that you found that works for you that you would advise others to take a look at and either in terms of something as simple as like a book or a blog or more like a mindset thing, just looking for some wisdom from you
1: around that. Yeah, um I, I do. I think about this a lot. Um, I think that the best thing I can say, especially if if you're in this, gosh, I hope that Jason, when this launches, the, the virus is passed and we're yes. not anymore. But um whether or not you are still working from home or um you're trying to just find that balance, um, I think that every parent should find their parenting superpower. What mm-hmm. I mean by this is I very quickly noticed that my husband is very good at certain things that I am not good at. And at first I was like, oh man, like what's wrong with me that I can't Put her to bed by doing the five S's, <laughs> you know, like, what's wrong with me? Well, I was breastfeeding. And so that was my superpower at the time. Um, now I feel like it's really, really helpful, especially because, you know, she's spending a lot of time at home now, since we're yeah. all doing uh, social distancing is yeah. I am really good at like singing time and dance time and, um, uh, music time. Like that's like one of my favorite things to do with her. My mm-hmm. husband hates it. <laughs> Like it's <laughs> not like it. So instead of having family time to do that, where he's like, Oh, shoot me. He is so much better at more of some of the physical things. So like, he is great at running around the backyard and playing tag and i um, doing, throwing everything, every toy we own down her slide and, um, uh, sitting in a pit of rocks and building a rock castle. That is what he is really, really good at. And, um, mm-hmm. actually dividing and conquering has helped tremendously. So instead mm-hmm. of forcing my my partner to do those with me, I know that's my alone time with her, and I create alone time with her for that. Oh, cool! Um, yeah. And I think that's really helpful because it helps you not be so burnt out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that's something that. Um, well, I have a story in my head that my wife is good at all of it, and I'm not that good at any of it. I don't know if that's oh. actually true. It's it's actually <laughs> not true, but yeah, like that's the thing is, um, as you know, we have a four year old, so we're a little bit further along than you. But you're always you're always working on that cadence between you and your and your partner around, like, how do you make this work? And there's probably things that your daughter, like your daughter is not old enough where she knows like it's mom time or it's dad time and what that actually means. Right. Like she's like uh, excited about, yeah. Yeah. Which is super cool.
1: And she brings Uh, me over our songbook, you know, where she'll say like outside, outside, outside. And that actually makes it easier because I can be like, Hey, it's sunny outside. Do you guys want to have some outside time? And he's like, got it.
0: Yeah. That's cool.
1: Knowing what those are having a language around them, and then setting aside time where you both get time away, whether that's to work or to rest. It helps to have it um, delineated. Otherwise, you create like, whose turn is it now? I took two turns today. It's my (laughs) turn for a break. You know what I mean? That happens.
0: Yeah. Keeping a score in a marriage is always a healthy thing to do. Keeping score (laughs) is great. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um well awesome, Vanessa. I we need to wrap up here and I wanna um give you a chance to share with the audience where the audience can connect with you and find you and uh specifically the science of people and all the other places where people can learn more about you because I'm sure I'm sure they're gonna want to connect with you, uh, read the book, etc. So I'd love that if you could share with us all the places you that you're available and people can find you.
1: Yeah, so um everything is at scienceofpeople.com. That's where I put all my resources and my latest science. And then you can sign up to our free newsletter where I post a lot of our new research. And I also do a lot of free live webinars for folks um, mm-hmm. just to help and teach things live. So on my newsletter, I announce those. And then um, I would be honored if you wanted to check out Captivate. Uh, that's uh, my pride and joy, my authentic book, my recovering awkward person manifesto. I also read the <laughs> Audible if you've liked my voice thus far. I do voices <laughs> with my friends and family. Um, and then we also have a ton of classes and courses on our website. If you're interested in deeper learning.
0: Very cool. I was going to share with you, I, I was at a, on site with a client and she had Captivate on her bookshelf. I'm like, Oh, I've read that book. I know, I know that author. And she's like, really? Oh. Yeah. So it was like, it was right there because it's, it's a white, it's a white book with a nice blue Captivate on the side. I'm like, Oh, that's very recognizable. Oh, I, saw the, I saw the binder. Yeah. So very funny. cool. Yeah. And I believe it's also, I believe it's also available in multiple languages now.
1: Yeah, we're it's in 15 languages. And I also would have I have a weird request. If you do yeah. buy the book, um, my goal is to have it never rest on a shelf because if it's sitting on a shelf, people aren't benefiting from it. And I would happily mm-hmm. give up book sales to get to help more people. So if you buy it, please pay it forward. Um give it to someone who could read it and then ask them to give it to someone else. And hopefully it never sits on a shelf for too long.
0: I will tell my client that. So. Um... Last thing, Vanessa, I'd love if you'd leave us with some quick words of wisdom, and they have to fit on a post-it note.
1: On a post-it note. I would say honor your strengths.
0: Honor your strengths. Thank you for being on today, Vanessa. It was a delight to connect with you, and congratulations on everything you're up to, and I'm sure we will be in touch very soon.
1: Oh, gosh. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And Jason, you're awesome. Thanks for being my extroverted mentor.
0: Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Vanessa. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Talking to Cool People with me, Jason Frizzell. Enjoyed today's episode? Please tell your friends. Give us a shout out and a follow on Facebook and Instagram. And take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. If something from this episode has piqued your interest and you'd like to connect about it, please email us at podcast at We love hearing from our listeners.